want to <clears throat> take the opportunity and, and greet you in the name of uh, our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, which was uh, who was being exalted here, I believe, this morning as the brother was talking to us about forgiveness. And I, I would have really liked to just stay sitting and continue to listen to, to more about that. There's <clears throat> it's the greatest story that's ever been told story of one who was willing to <clears throat> give his life for a people that didn't even care about him, weren't thankful for what he was doing for them, and uh, even rejecting the good that he, was, that he was doing for them. And that made me think of a, <clears throat> a passage in the uh, book, the story of Ruth that uh, I believe should be our response as we think about that. It's in the uh, second chapter of, of Ruth. If you want to look at it with me, this is when uh, Ruth was in the had come back to the land of Israel with her mother-in-law. She was in Boaz's field there <clears throat> reaping, and uh, Boaz had told her to uh, to not leave, to stay there, and they would continue to bless her by allowing her to glean the, the sheaves there, and they would even give her their, their own food. And in verse 10 it says, Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes, that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? And that passage is, has really moved me uh, the last little bit as I was as I thought about it because I believe that should be our response why have you taken knowledge of me and, and the brother was talking about the the way that all of us have things that we could uh, that we could blame others for and many many times they really have done things that were against us many people suffer in, in many ways much greater than I have. And yet, I believe that when we recognize what has been done for us, that uh, changes our focus from what has been done to me by someone else to what our Lord Jesus Christ has done for me. And it uh, should inspire in us a, a deep feeling of uh, gratitude and a desire that he would be honored and glorified. I, I just had to think of a, a story when, um, when he was speaking about that. Maybe some of you have heard it before, but probably many haven't. It's an old, in an old book that we had at home, but it tells a story of a, a stowaway, a, little, a young man about 12 years old that had... Uh, snuck onto a, a sailing ship in, a, in an attempt to get away from something. I don't know what he was running from or running to, but for some reason he was, he was wanting to get away and uh, go to a different place. And it seemed like in the, in the, after the ship had set sail, no one knew he was there. And they got out on the sea and got into uh, rough... Uh, rough water, a storm had come up, and it got to the point where they realized that 
that they weren't going to survive this storm. They were the ship was going to go down, so they they lowered the lifeboats and the and the uh, sailors began to get into the lifeboats, and they got down to the last lifeboat and there was room for one man left, and at that point, this stowaway realized what was going on and he came ran, running up on deck, and cried for help. The uh, the captain was still on board yet, and there was room for one person. It seemed like the captain didn't hesitate, and he said to the boy, you go in my place. And so that stowaway, who didn't have any, any business being there in the first place, got in the lifeboat, and he was the last one saved. And as they floated away, they saw the ship go down with the captain still on board. And the story goes on and says, for the rest of his life, that man, that young man, the main theme of his life was to tell the story of that captain that had taken his place. And he always ended the story with, he died for me. And I hope that that is our, our attitude as we think about what Jesus has done for us. That it, the, the theme of our life is that we would glorify our Lord Jesus Christ for, for what he has done for us. I wanted to um, look at a, a passage in Matthew chapter 11. <clears throat> Very familiar verse here. And I think it ties in well with what, uh, what we had in the opening here as the uh, brother was speaking to us, because it, this, is, this is a result of our, um, of our acceptance of what Jesus has done for us and our desire to serve him. I think I'm going to break in in uh, verse 27 of, of Matthew 11. And this is Jesus speaking. Um, and he says, All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Jesus is promising here in this passage that if we turn to him, if we come to him with all our hearts, if we take up his yoke and allow him to be the master of our life, the, the, uh, the one that determines where we go and what we do, that he will give us rest for our souls. And I, don't, I think probably all of us that are uh, have any age on us at all, and we I, I'm impressed with the variance that we have in the the ages here, from very little babies to those of us that are uh, nearing the end of life. And still, the, the 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 message of Jesus is that if we will turn to Him, if we will take His way, He will give us a rest, a rest that. Uh, that cannot be found in any other way, a rest that isn't 
determined or affected by the situations around us. It isn't determined by the stage of life we're at. It's not determined by any external circumstances. Isn't that a wonderful thing to to, uh, have promise of? How many of us would like to have that peace in our souls that can't be disturbed by anything external? I think it's the cry of every human being that is in the world. And we see uh, many different ways that that, uh, men and women, humanity seeks to find that rest. Some look to pleasure. Some look to the things of this world, the things we can, money can buy, money itself, um, fame, acknowledgement by others, whatever it may be. The soul of man is crying out for that rest that Jesus is promising here. The rest that is um, gives us that ease of heart and that lightness and clearness of conscience that nothing that is outside can, can disturb. Um, and, you know, part of the way that we, we get that, the, the yoke and the turning to Jesus is uh, by, by coming apart, by, by coming together in times like this, for one thing, coming apart from our daily duties. Some of you are maybe on call 24 hours a day. It seems like there's not much time for you to, to uh, have a, a, a time when you can feel completely at rest. And yet Jesus promises even in those circumstances to give us a rest that, that cannot be disturbed. He told his disciples one time, come apart. Uh, remove yourselves from the things that are occupying your mind and and uh, just be alone with me. And I've been impressed a little bit lately with the fact that I can do that even when I'm busy. You know, maybe our maybe our bodies are are very ac- occupied. Maybe there are things that are that are, are weighing us down. But yet, if we, if we will consciously make the decision that we're going to come apart, that we are going to uh, pack, practice the presence of God, if we are going to acknowledge Him and allow Him to, to take control of our, our entire being, regardless of the circumstances, we can come apart with God. We can find that, that rest that he desires for us to give him. That, that uh, passage where he tells his disciples to come apart is in, in uh, uh, Mark chapter 6. But then I, um, I wanted to go to Hebrews, the third and fourth chapters. If you want to turn there with me, uh, we're going to look at several passages in here and... Uh, Hopefully, we don't take too much uh, time, but we want to 
to look at, at the ways that our, our minds and our hearts and our lives can, can truly find the rest that God wants to give us, the rest that, uh, that is that unaffected, uh, that, that, can, that part that cannot be affected by the things that, that are happening around us. In uh, chapter 3, it's talking about, uh, the apostle here is talking about the uh, Jesus superior, uh, being superior to Moses. And uh, in, in verse, I think I'm going to start in uh, verse 6 here. It says, but Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, are we? And I want to stop there for just a minute to think about that because uh, this is this is making a uh, using using the illustration of, of of an abode of a place where we live maybe some of for some of you this this is your house for some of you that work here maybe it seems like this is your house even though you live somewhere else because you're here so much of the time but this is this is uh, saying that Christ is is over his own house whose house are we this is where jesus proposes to live is in our lives he proposes to to have control over our life he he proposes to be the one who is the the filling um the infilling of of our lives in the in the in he doesn't want us to have a house that's cleaned and empty. He wants us to have a house that is filled with Him. He wants us to be filled with Him. Uh, whose house are we if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end? Now notice that that, that proposal that He is making there or that, uh, that commitment that he, he is making there that, that we will be His house is if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. And, um, you know, I, I believe that what He's talking about there is faith. Um, believing in Jesus Christ. Trusting Him. Believing that what He says is true. And that regardless of what anyone else will 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 say about it, our confidence is that we are going to live for Him regardless. We're going, we are going to do what He says. Uh, reading on down, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err in their hearts. They have not known my ways, so I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. Now there, there's the opposite of what we were just talking about. That God says that someone that lives in that way is not going to in, enter into His rest. So we have the choice to make there. Are we going to uh, allow Christ uh, to fill our, our lives? Is He going to be the one who is what what fills us, what directs us, who directs us, who leads us, whose ways we choose to follow, or are we going to be as the children of Israel who hardened their hearts 
in the wilderness. Now, they saw all the things that God was doing. And, and I, my tendency is to look at that and say, well, how could, they, how could they choose their own way? How could they constantly be complaining? Because they had the manifest presence of God. I mean, it, his, he was there during the day. He was there as the pillar of the cloud. They couldn't hardly look, uh, look around without seeing that God's presence was with them. At night, he was that shining glory of the cloud that was leading them. And yet we have that, maybe we don't have the manifest presence of God in that way, but we can see him all around us. We can see him in the lives of each other. We can see Him in the lives of those that are blessing our lives. But most of all, we can see Him in Jesus Christ and what He has done for us. And He says in verse 12, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. A life that is committed, a heart that is determined regardless of the circumstances, whether they be hard or whether they be easy, that says, I'm going to continue. I'm going to, I'm going to go with Jesus regardless. God is going to be the, the, the one that makes the decisions about what I do in life. Some of us are getting toward the end of life. And we can look back. I'm speaking for myself specifically, but I'm sure if we would ask many of the other older folks that are here, we could, we could say that there are a lot of things that I look back on and I realize, you know, my life was a lot harder than it had to be because I chose my own way. Sometimes, maybe we didn't do it willingly, but just not keeping my focus on Jesus and what He has done for us, not being mindful of the fact that He paid that great price, not remembering that I got the lifeboat and He went down with the ship. When that happens, we begin to lose our focus and we begin to lose rest in our souls. And I would like to encourage each one of us to uh, steadfastness, to being committed to allowing Jesus to be the director of our lives. He made it... I'm always impressed when I read what Jesus had to say in, in the, uh, the Gospels. It's so simple. Everything he said can be understood by the youngest Christian. Maybe we don't, we don't under, understand the depths of it, but he didn't use hard language. He didn't say things in a way that we had to study all our lives to understand them. If we're just willing by faith to believe what he says, it's simple. It's, 
and it, and the, the the one of us that is the least able to understand can understand the things that Jesus had to say. Why is that? Because he made us. He knows exactly what we're made of. He put each one of us in the in the setting in this life that he that he saw was best for us. It's not always easy to take when things aren't going the way that we would like them to or the way that they should. But yet, God knows us. He understands us. He knows those struggles that we face. He knows the people that we that have done us wrong. And yet He has put us where we are. Now, the choice is up to us. Are we going to accept that He is in control and allow Him to, to direct our lives from today forward? Are we going to live in the joy of the salvation that says, why did you take mine? Uh, why were you mindful of me as stranger? Or are we going to allow the things of this life, the, the struggles and the, and the hard times that we have be the determining factor in our lives? And that choice is up to us. I wish I could say it was easy because I know it's not. There's a lot of hard situations. Some of us have had parents that weren't the kind of people they should have been. Some of us have had children that weren't, uh, that haven't followed in the way that we would like to see them go in the way of the cross. Most of us can look at our own lives and realize that we have taken away many times it was not God's way. But there is hope from, for us from this day forward. We can choose today that we are going to follow one another or follow Jesus Christ and not uh, follow one another in the, and allow the things around us to, to drag us down. We can have that rest. Verse 14 says, we, for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast into the end. That's talking about faith, believing, trusting, and allowing God to, 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 to control it. Uh, control our lives. While it, while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Moses by, uh, out of Egypt by Moses. For with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter in, into his rest, but to them that believed not? Now that's the opposite of faith. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. If we want to have rest, we have to believe that God knows what he's doing. We have to trust him. We have to allow him to have his way in our lives. We have to come apart, acknowledge him in every area of our lives. In chapter 4 it says, let us therefore fear, or let's be maybe have a, a, a concern um, not a fear that we're, we're afraid of, of God, but that we have, maybe we have a fear of ourselves. We're afraid that we might do something that we shouldn't have. Lest a promise being left us of entering into, to, 
to his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word, word preached did not profit them, not being with faith in them that heard it. We have to believe. We have to believe what Jesus says. And you know when you really believe something, it affects you. If you believe that the captain went down with the ship because you needed a place on the lifeboat, it will change your life. It will affect you. I suspect if someone, as, as the brother was saying in the, in the opening, if someone, had, our best friend, had done something like that, we would try to find out everything we could about them. We would want to know what made them tick. We would want to know what was important to them so that we could honor them in a way that, we, that, we, uh, that would be worthy in some way of what they had done. I think the same is true of what Jesus has done for us in dying for, for us on the cross. Um, there are <clears throat> several, several passages in here I would have, would, would have liked to go to, but read on through that the rest of that uh, fourth chapter of Hebrews and think about the rest that God is promising, promise, promising to give us. I wanted to go on down to ver verse 14. Um, this, this is talking, when, when we start in here, we're talking about Jesus Christ. It says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. I've had trouble believing that sometimes. But it is so true. There's not a thing that, is, that has happened or will happen in any one of your lives, whether you're young or old, whether you're a man or a woman. There's not a one. But what Jesus understands entirely, it says he was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He knows our infirmities. In uh, the 103rd Psalm, it says, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. He understands. And he proposes to meet our needs in all of those circumstances, regardless of what they are. Not because he needs to, not because he needs us, but because he loves us. For we have not an high priest that, which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but it was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the th throne of grace, that we may ob obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And I believe what the uh, writer is, is talking about there is our willingness to come to God in every situation. Come boldly to the throne of grace. He wants us to come, whatever the struggle may be, 
whether you're having trouble with getting along with one with each other, whether someone is doing something to you that is as wrong as it can be, if you're having trouble forgiving, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. We don't have a high priest that can't be touched, that doesn't care, that's aloof. He is a warm and loving God, only desiring to give us the things that we need so that we can have rest in our souls. And He will supply them if we're willing to come to Him. The question remains, am I going to go or am I going to continue to hang on to my own abilities and my own... Sometimes we like to hang on to our struggles, don't we? Because it makes us feel like we're in control. But what it really does is takes away that peace, that rest that God intends to to give us, desires to give us. And if we're willing to to let go of them, you know, I'm so impressed with how God wants us to come in every situation. Did we sin? He wants us to come. He's as a loving Father. And He says, He that comes and comes to Me, I will and no, no, by no means cast out. What a loving Father that is. And... Um, You know, our willingness, our, our, our trust in God in this life is not just for this life. It has eternal consequences. If we don't trust God for, for the rest that He promises to give us, if we don't trust Him enough to come to Him with all our struggles, with our concerns, with our joys, with our pleasures. It will affect us throughout eternity. But conversely, if we do, it will affect us for eternity. And there is, I can think of no better way to spend eternity than with the one who has died for us. And in the rest that he promises us, You know, we like our weekends, don't we? We like our time off. I haven't met anybody yet, but what looks forward to the time that that they can have off for for the time of rest? When we're tired, we like to go to bed. Well, I'd like you to to take that, that anticipation and realize that that is the reality of heaven. Eternal rest. Eternally being freed from the, from the things that drag us down here and now. What a wonderful opportunity that is. And let's always remember that it is only because of what Jesus has done for us in dying for us on the cross. He died for me. Do I just...